welcome to Creative Block. I am your host, V. We interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We ask people on our social medias like um, Threads and Instagram, Discord, and Patreon, also YouTube, if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Christian Boving Anderson. Is that how? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and <laughs> Eva Lee Welberg. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Sean has been really good prior in prior episodes about asking their guests their names before we start recording. But today I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you both have been in the animation industry for a for a little bit now. Would you say over 10 years? How how long have you been around? We graduated from the animation workshop in Denmark in 2012. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, a bit more than 10 years now. Yeah. yeah. Were you both in the same class? Yep. We were both doing a character animation. Oh, amazing. Can you, I think you guys are like the first I have on the podcast who went to animation workshops. So I'm going to ask you a little bit mm -hmm. about the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Uh, can you describe like the curriculum a little bit and how long it was? Yeah, so we actually, that's also where we met. So we first took like um, the drawing academy, which is like a, a school for like classical drawing where you learn like life drawing and stuff. Mm -hmm. We both went there for, I think it's like six months or something almost. And uh, as a preparation for the animation education, and then after that we went, yeah. So it's then it's a bachelor, so it's uh, three and a half years. Mm. And, but I think it's kind of the love a bit similar to Gubelang. I think like so you first learn like at least how that's how it was back then. I think it changed now, but then you first learn like uh 2D animation on paper, like flipping paper and stuff, old school. And uh and then you learn we learn TV paint afterwards on the first year and then on the second year it was all 3d animation yeah it was maya maya 3d animation yeah and then the last year i think i don't remember if it's like at the end of the second year or in the beginning of the third then people pitch their projects you know like pitch for the graduation films and a couple of films are selected and then you can sort of pick the one that you want to work on afterwards that's really yeah. cool. Kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Rubika, which was called Superfocum Fire in um, in France. Oh, yeah. That one's only 3D though, but they have the system too where you pitch your your idea and, and then students. Um, that's really cool that you guys learn TV paint in the first year because I feel like, uh, I mean, Google has probably changed, but when I was there, like TV paint was just kind of starting. It was like a new software on the market. And uh, I feel like now it's, would you say it's industry standard? How, do you, do you guys feel like you use TV paint a lot in productions? We actually almost never, uh, we never worked in it basically. I mean, maybe once, but um, I mean, because we both do 2D and 3D animation. So since we graduated, we kind of uh, switched a lot between 2D, 3D, 2D, 3D, because oh, wow. that, you know, we could uh, get more jobs, you know, mm -hmm. and then at some point we got into uh, I mean, yeah, flash animation, and we've we've also used a bit of 3ds Max and uh, a lot of other different. Yeah, so we actually haven't used uh, TV paint that much. No, but we work at the 
we've worked a lot in uh, at Sun Creature Studios, and there I think it's pretty much like the standard thing to do. Like everything yeah. is super. You know, if you want that hand drawn, you know, look, that's basically what they're they're using. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I have a couple of friends who work at Sun Creatures, and I. I I what I heard that TV paint is kind of like the favorite software over there because it's yeah yeah, sure. yeah that's so interesting yeah it's a really cool studio too like it's all a lot of uh animation workshop alumni is there too right yeah yeah I think it's like um I think it started with um with a couple of uh, a couple of guys who did the reward yeah and they just and then they met up with I think it was actually on the animation Saint Frontier where they met like a couple of producers as well. And they just sort of like spent years and years and years and turned into this crazy, cool studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's so cool. Because it's like, <laughs> by the way, like anybody listening to this episode, uh, check out the reward um, animated short. It's a really really cool short. It came out more than ten years ago now, right? Like maybe like because I remember when it came out. Everybody yeah, was all good. over it. Yeah, it was yeah. a great. It was a graduation film. Yeah. So the year yeah. after, so it must yeah. be 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so interesting that you guys have like all of these skills. I feel like it's pretty rare for people to like be able to do 2D animation and 3D and switch back and forth that easily. But that also kind of speaks to the market in Europe that has like a like a really wide range of demand. How was it like finding your first gig? Was it like your first job in animation? Did you did you have a a long time to wait before getting your first animation job or like did you manage to get it right after graduating how did that kind of work out it was actually yeah it was actually a bit bit tricky in the beginning because yeah we after we um, finished our um, graduation film we both had an internship in illumination mcguff in paris oh right yeah yeah as the 3d animators so we both and that was amazing that was a really cool studio and and they treated us really nice and we got to even though we were interns we got to animate on because they were doing the lorex the feature film the lorex did you animate on the wanceler <laughs> no we I didn't just... actually get to work on the film we were not we were not that good <laughs> we're not good enough for that but but the director uh, kyle boulder he was really kind and uh, and he and he helped us a lot and like uh and supervised us a lot. He gave us a lot of time and like um, taught us a lot. So, and then we started to assist some of the marketing animators. So we we did some bumpers for like cinemas and like uh, like some promotion stuff for the film. So that was really cool. So we got to animate the main characters and stuff. That was really fun. Mm. And then work on some short films they did um, for the film as well. And um, yeah, so that was really cool. But then. After that, we went back to Denmark, and then we just couldn't find any work, and uh, and we didn't know anybody in any studios. You know, you don't have a network when you start. We only knew our school basically, so that was a bit that was triggered, and we thought it would be things like um, and uh, and also you don't have any money and stuff, so you so it's you also can't travel. You can't really do anything. So yeah. <laughs> so um, so actually, I think the beginning we. I think I I was teaching a little bit in the animation workshop, like some small things, and then and then we teamed up with some of our friends from the school to do a music video for a, a Danish hip hop artist called mm-hmm. LOC, where we did like a yeah two D music video. So that was kind of fun. But um, 
then I think yeah, then we worked. Then I we worked a bit for Tumblehead, who do uh, like really cool 3D. They they are based in Viborg next to the animation workshop, and they oh, do cool. the, they do amazing 3D, like very cartoony, old school UPA inspired 3D, mm. and uh, they use miniature sets and stuff. So yeah, so we I think that was the first real job I got was to work for them. What about you? I thought did you also work at uh at the same studios, or did you like take a little bit of a different path? I think I actually I, I somehow and I'm not really sure how it happened. Um, and I know that I, I somehow got a holiday cover job at uh, Cartoon Network. Um, but before that, it was a team tour. No, but it was I went to um, cover yeah. before. Um, so I got this. Uh, yeah. So I, somehow I have I still I still don't know how it it, it happened, but. I somehow got into the 3D team on Gumball, um, just like because everyone was on holiday and they needed someone to just come and do, you know, whatever. Oh, that's interesting. So you were on, like, because everybody was on break, they yeah. they needed uh, extra work for That's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, I, so I snuck my way in and then I, uh, yeah, I tried to, uh, to charm them and... Uh... <laughs> 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 uh... <It worked. laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit how you charmed Cartoon Network. <laughs> Tips for students: How to charm a studio. Yeah, oh God, uh, yeah. I, I I wish I knew. I I I no, but to, to be to be honest, like I I I obviously like uh, it was insanely cool. Um, I remember the first day this will advice I was like. My God, I didn't even see a showreel. You know, who are you? No, he he wasn't told. I I think I was like a producer hire. You know, which was fine and it it worked out really well. And that's also why we ended up like we I had to go to we both actually had to go to France to Team Talk, um because we had gotten this we had gotten we had we had both gotten jobs there. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that. Uh, did you go right. all the way in in the south, right in Valence? Yeah. yeah, actually, because Eva got a job in oh. Team Two mm. as a 3D animator, and uh, then I also tried to apply to get a job, but they didn't want me. <laughs> so, so uh, but then we were like, ah, okay, you know, that's fine. You, at, at least Eva got something, so we might as well go. And then we then we moved to Valence, mm. but we didn't know because it's. It, I think it was a temporary position, probably. Mm. So so we we just went in like a temporary apartment for a few months, you know. Mm. And then once we were there, yeah, so Eva started to work as a junior animator in the studio. Mm. They did all these TV series like Baba and Calimero and uh... Yeah, Calimero looked great by the way. I did a couple of storyboards yeah. for it. <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 cuz I was with Gaumont and Gaumont. I did a I did two storyboards for them. Yeah, it looked really I think it was it's one of the best looking 3D shows in Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. yeah. But then I was there, I was in town and then I was kind of just hanging out with people when they were <laughs> off working. So so I was just the uh, yeah, stay at home boyfriend. And then uh, and then um but then eventually then I got to to meet the people and got an interview and stuff and then I eventually got a job there as well. Yeah. But I think that was the same year that I because I didn't have anything to do and and I kind of actually my dream was to become a director, you know. 
Right. So that's why I started the ASF, the Animation Sans Frontières. And this is well, where we you... met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for people listening, Ani ASF, Animation Sans Frontières, is a program ran uh, together with five schools. So an, uh, Animation Workshop is part of it. Goblin is part of it. So that's how both Christian and I heard of it. And then it's also partnered up with uh, in Germany, I forget what the, the school is in Germany. Film Academy. Film Academy. Because uh, Film Academy is a pretty big school in Germany uh, for yeah. animation. And yeah. There's... And then the MoMA, the MOME in Budapest in Hungary. In Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a really cool little uh, workshop slash education that you get because you spend two weeks in every other of the schools and then you get uh speakers that have that are like industry professionals and they help you run you through the steps of like what it's like putting together a pitch deck and all of that stuff yeah 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 and you learn about production like producer so it's like for basically for people who want to be directors or producers so so people come from all kinds of places and then you yeah, you learn about what does it mean to be a producer, how do you make a budget, how do you make a schedule, but also how how do you work as a director, how do you direct people, how do you do voice recordings, how do you pitch? It's a lot about pitching and developing ideas mainly, I guess, and uh, and also like how do you, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's all this stuff combined, you know, and how do you present your idea, how do you develop a pitch document? Yeah. So it's, it's all this like workshop and, and you have to come with an idea that you kind of work with throughout the eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So it was really convenient actually for me because I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have anything to do because I didn't have a job. So it was actually nice that I could just travel and then Eva was, you know, earning the money, the breadwinner, <laughs> what we call it. <laughs> and then I was just at home, you know. <laughs> So um, it was a strange time, but but it was exciting whenever I was traveling. But then, you know, as soon as you come back from this super exciting course and you've been two weeks with a lot of creative people who do all these exciting projects, and then you come back and just sit in your empty apartment with nothing to do, you know? That... Oh, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. Was a boring, that was a weird time, but it was also interesting because I think that time also affected like the a lot like how we learn to kind of develop ideas later in mm -hmm. in our career because at that point Eva was like working full-time as an animator and yeah and you didn't actually want to you you didn't have any dreams of becoming a director actually no no I was uh, completely into the you know to, to just focusing on the the craft itself like animation. you know yeah we were so you know you're fresh, fresh out of school, it's like so mm -hmm. hungry, you know, you just want to learn everything and you want to, you know, get better. And then you get like a complete shock because, you know, in school you spend a week doing like polishing a walk cycle and suddenly you have to... Or three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly you have to do it and, you know, you have, you have an hour yeah. or two hours, you know, and it's like, a, it's such a good exercise but it was uh, but it was definitely tough you know you come in there you think you know what you're doing a little bit you know you have that confidence and then it's like oh my god everyone is a hundred thousand times better than me 
but you know it 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 it's 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 good you know and it's uh it's definitely like a learning yeah you know. i think it was kind of yeah humbling in a good way because we also because when you're in animation school sometimes you get a little bit cocky or a little yeah. bit yeah. Um, <laughs> i mean some people get arrogant or you also get what you call it picky you get very picky about your because everybody want to be the new Pixar animator or the new, the yeah. best of the best, the creme de la creme and all that. And then a lot of people, especially in the, I think, especially in our class, maybe, were looking down on TV shows, you know, because that's like low budget compared to the fancy features. Mm-hmm. And we probably also were like that, you know, we were like, Oh, TV show that oh, that's not so impressive as if, you know the goal is mm-hmm. Disney or Pixar or whatever. But then when we and and you know we didn't really know that much the, that many of the European TV uh, productions. And then when you start in Team Two and you work with these animators, we we're just mind blown like how insanely good they were because maybe it's not Pixar level what the the output, but but considering that they did a shot in like three hours or two hours yeah and it was better than what we could do in two weeks you know yeah. I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was so humbling like jesus christ these guys are a million times better than than anybody we've ever met you know so it was it was really impressive it, i think we learned a lot from that like it was like whoa like i think it's a crazy thing about Timto is that they have a lot of talent and there's a lot of people from animation workshop that come and work at Timto in the south yeah. of France yeah. and and they have a lot of European talent there to animate their shows and that's why the quality is so high because it's like because for a TV show like a CG show to get high quality it's really hard mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah that's really insane yeah but it was a very good experience I think that, like once we were there we also learned a lot like it was uh... It was a really good experience. It was really cool to see them. And then, but then because I was actually, yeah, because I was at home and not really doing anything. And as I, I was actually trying to develop ideas because mm-hmm. when we were in animation workshop, we also, um, Eva and I were in the same class and we were both animators and we actually worked together before. That's also why we can work together. We've worked together for so many years because we've practiced for a long time. You know, we worked together and in class and we did our graduation film together um and that's also where i found out like i would like to direct and um, but then when we graduated from school like we kind of thought or at least i kind of thought that oh if you if you want to be a director then the way to go is to aim for feature films and the only way to get into feature film is by doing a fancy short film and then maybe one day, if it wins some awards, maybe, I don't know, you get a chance to do something bigger. Mm-hmm. But I was only thinking about short films because that's all we kind of knew. We're not even thinking about TV shows ever. So I spent a lot of my t- time when I didn't have a job to to sit at home alone and try to write ideas for short films. And I just didn't get anywhere. You know, I had all these ideas, but they were all crap, you know, and, and I, could, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I was just like, oh, this could be fun. They're like, no, it doesn't work. No, this is rubbish. No, this could be fun. No, that doesn't work either, you know. And you and when you just sit alone in your bubble in your sad little apartment, it's very you don't have anybody to ping pong with. You don't have anybody to bounce ideas or to give you critique or to compliment you or to criticize you, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just got nowhere, you know. I didn't get anywhere. And then 
like because I thought all my ideas were horrible. And then I think then because I heard about the ASF, the yeah, the animation sound yeah, from the animation workshop. I think somebody from there told me about it. And then I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds cool because that's like production and, and that's like that or you learn about directing, that's actually what I want to do and stuff. So yeah, I'll try that. And then I think when I got there, I, you, you were supposed to come with a project already. So you already had a project you were developing and I didn't really have any projects because all my ideas were bad. So I think it was when when I came there, I didn't have anything and I didn't know what to do because I thought I needed to you know, develop a short film. But then because people saw, we saw each other's work and somebody saw our graduation film, which was like a 3D film with a little boy in the jungle and a big chameleon and stuff. And a lot of people actually complimented it a lot and they liked it and thought, oh, that's a really cool short film, you know, and how about developing that into a TV show? Mm -hmm. And I never, it never occurred to me, you know, that you could think yeah. in show terms, you know, because I was just thinking about one single story, just, I just want to tell a story in any way possible. I just want to tell a story. But then it was like, oh, okay, why don't you do TV shows? Because then you get to tell lots of stories, you know, and I never thought about that. It was like, oh my God, of course, that, that's what I have to do. Like, then you get to tell like many stories instead of one story. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's when I started to actually develop yeah, TV show ideas. And, and we learned a lot about that in the course. And so I think that was like the big wake up call, I think, for us, like for, for developing TV shows. Yeah, especially because um, Eva, you were working on TV shows as well, so that kind of like made it feel like a little bit like something achievable, I guess, or that's something that was like happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we, I think we started to think about idea like how you could actually think in those terms, but we still didn't have any idea how to actually pitch anything mm. because we didn't know anything about like. I think we we heard that maybe you could when you worked in Team Two you could pitch to the Team Two people you know if you mm -hmm. had an idea, but that's still like so far fetched you know because then you would you know that's the big bosses and we were like junior animators that's way too intimidating so mm -hmm. I don't think we really considered it for real I think it was just like a weird I, I yeah and I was still not really. Uh, you know, it it just wasn't on my radar at all. Mainly me, um, and I, yeah. I think when we got the job at the <clears throat> at Gumball, it yeah. was uh, you know Christian got into the two D department and I got into the three D. We took everything. We moved to um, again. It was because Eva got a job and I didn't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> every, <laughs> every time we moved. It's because Eva get an offer for something cool, and then I, I just take along, and then they eventually hire me as well. <laughs> that's, how, I, that's how we roll. Is uh, Eva even though, and are you the squire, uh, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I um. How did you get? Do you do you know how you got the offers, uh, Eva? Like, how did how did how did people know about your work? Was it through your network, posting online? Like, how did you get noticed? Uh, I mean, I think uh, I, for the Gumball thing, you know, I think for 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 Team Two, it was just a show reel, you know, and I I was you know I was lucky. Um, but uh, and a recommendation. On what? Maybe from Kyle Ford. 
Okay. You're from China. Ah, okay. no, but this is not. No, um, actually, Gumball I got because uh, of the holiday cover. So basically, like uh, they like what I did during my holiday cover that they asked me to come back. And at that time, I or actually to stay on. But at that time, I had to. I'd already signed my contract for Team Talk, oh, and right. I wanted to go to South France as well. So you know, when the next season was greenlit. Uh, they, they 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 contacted me again um so that was kind of how it it actually came about and we also had a couple of friends uh working there as well so it's sort of you know it was a little bit of network and also because they'd already seen seen my work you know so yes yeah I, I like to ask I like to ask for um <clears throat> students so they kind of like know kind of where like how you find opportunities And so you guys yeah. both moved to London. Did you did, were you living in London, London, or did you have to like go in the far suburbs? It's so expensive out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean we because we lived in Valence, where it's really cheap to live. You know, you you could live on a very low salary, and yeah. and it was very very nice. You know, a very nice town. But then I think we we began because we we had been there for almost a year maybe, and we I think we began to be a bit more hungry for something new to happen. Um. And then, yeah, Eva got that offer as a 3D animator in the amazing world of Gumball in London. And then I actually also applied as a 3D animator. But then again, they were like, ah, 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 you no. don't want to. <laughs> 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 but then uh, I was like, okay, damn it, because I really wanted to do 3D because, yeah, we were doing 3D in Tito. And then it's like, oh, okay, then I'll apply as a 2D animator because. They were more. They were needing people there more than 3D. Mm -hmm. Then I, then I got that job. So that was really nice. Oh, and then, nice. yeah. So um, yeah. So in the beginning, we were lucky because we had some friends already working. Some friends from Animation Workshop already working in Gumball and Cartoon Network and already living in London. So they were actually living in the like the cool hipster area in <laughs> in Shoreditch and Hackney. In northeast, so we actually got to stay with. We lived in their apartment, in their living room for two weeks or something. Nice. <laughs> so that was nice. And, I, uh, and then we could find an apartment in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Two weeks. That's pretty fast to find an apartment. You guys were like, like quick. I mean, at that, I think I don't know how it is now, but at the time it was, uh, it was there was loads of apartments, but they were just. You know, very 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 expensive so you just had to put to just give them all your money and then you could get a little <laughs> tiny very 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 cold <gasps> and uh, <laughs> you know uh, yeah <laughs> a place to stay and uh, yeah then maybe next month you month you could get a mattress and a table and you know <laughs> and, uh, but yeah it was a uh, uh, yeah that's it It seemed like there were quite a lot of flats or you know places we could mm. uh, get, but just like the quality of them weren't, you know. It was also because yeah, like I mean, I think it is it is definitely tough, especially when you're junior, because I think it was strange for us when we got to to London because suddenly when you come from the south of France, where The salaries are way lower because the living costs are way, way lower, you know, food and apartments, everything. So 
and it was because it it was like uh, yeah it's it's a different you know it's a different kind of the industry you know or, or branch of the industry but then when you go to London like suddenly there's also a shift in the salaries you know because then we were junior animators but because Eva had been there before she was a, a mid she was like got the job as a mid level animator oh nice so she got a better salary than than than, than me because I was a junior animator mm. and uh, and I think that helped because otherwise yeah because the, for sure if, if you like if you're junior animator it's it's a bit tough like it's, oh yeah could, yeah, yeah. You know, we could just afford it to to live there you know and wow. with without two salaries and stuff but so it, it wasn't like we couldn't go out to dinner and buy lunch in the in the street food market every day like all the others did we couldn't really do that but yeah. as soon as you go up a little i also think that the, that the salaries they can rise faster than than in denmark or in south of france for sure oh that's interesting yeah, yeah. so so like the tiers are like very yeah that's yeah. really into it. like it's a really big bump up from the yeah. junior to mid uh, and from mid to senior yeah. to supervisor like you you know so you can go a lot higher than like money-wise than we could in denmark or in yeah south of france for sure yeah that's kind of what i experienced as well when i moved to the states it feels like uh the salaries are just wildly different whereas in france even in paris you, you salaries are all kind of kind of uh squished around the same range yeah you like maybe maybe you'll get 1k more a month but mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the big difference yeah, it's so interesting. But uh yeah, because UK UK is so it's a very different type of laws, I guess. Like I don't know, do they have like I forget if they have like a medical care and all of that baked into the because in France the reason why also the salaries are all kind of like similar is because you get like healthcare and you get um better access to welfare like unemployment money if you're unemployed like all of that kind of stuff uh i yeah. don't know if uk has any of these benefits uh, i mean we had health kind of stuff but not uh, much more than that yeah i mean yeah but it was fine <laughs> and then i think we so then we stayed in london for two years so we were on we started on season three of gumball and then we both stayed there for a full season so I was doing 2D, Eva was doing 3D. Was it in Flash um, animation? Yeah, that was a yeah. Gumball yeah, was 2D, in Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, the 3D was Maya. Yeah. But it was an amazing experience, you know, because I also think when, like, first of all, I think when we got there, like, that the, the team on Gumball was so amazing because, it, like, we met a lot of super talented uh, artists throughout, like, our time in Denmark and France, of course. But it was like when you we got to that gumball team where where everybody like there was a lot of people from all over Europe mm -hmm. uh, gathered and it was just like the most insane team we ever saw. You know, it was like so many super talented people in every single department, every single position was just one of the most talented artists we ever met. You know, it was very very 
Yeah, I feel like that's also inspiring, you know. Yeah, I remember the crowd on Gumball, like people who got to work on that show. It was always like like the top talent from everywhere, and it's just kind of like, yeah, there was a yeah. there there was definitely a thing in Europe. If you got to work on Gumball, you got that little medal, you got the badge <laughs> of honor. Or like I yeah. made, I did it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, so you know, so it's yeah, it was very inspiring. It was very impressive to see it, like and. But also super intimidating because you just feel like you were the worst of the worst, you know. You were, uh, I don't belong here. I'm like, oh, what worthy, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So so it was a strange like, but it was the same when we started animation school. You know, you you used to being good at drawing, and then you come down, suddenly everybody are better than you, and so I think it's yeah, it was. But it was very inspiring, I think, because when. I also think because we lived in Denmark, obviously we're from Denmark. So in Denmark, all the animation productions are very low budget, obviously, because a lot of it is very national and local. Mm. Um, so the few TV shows that were and all the feature films and everything is very low budget. And then when we work in Team Two, it's like fairly big budgets, but not compared to the Gumball, you know, Gumball is like a whole other level. Mm -hmm. And so also when we came there, it was suddenly, you know, almost like feature quality, you know, like, mm -hmm. it, like it was so, such a high level of everything, you know, and, and, um, what and about the schedules? Fun. Were they better than, uh, Tinto schedules? Did you feel like you had more time to animate and do all that things or? Oh, I had, we had so much more time, like <laughs> so much more. I, Instead, yeah, you know, I I've been used to like just like hammering away, like like throwing these seconds out, and suddenly I would have like two weeks to do one talking shot, and I'd be like, oh my god, you know, after three days, I'd be like, okay, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, um, but but it's uh yeah, it, you really um I think that was the cool thing, right? That everyone put so much effort into every single detail of that show. Um, it was insanely like, it's yeah. like, oh my God, this is also what a, you know, this is what a show can be today. Yeah. Uh, this is like the amount of hard work and, you know, just, yeah, just so much effort that goes into it was just, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, and I, I think also because, yeah, I think we were almost blown away by how ambitious it was, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, you've seen a lot of uh, beautiful things, like there's a lot of beautiful animation stuff, but like where things look pretty and stuff, but here it was just like every single department, they just like pushed it, you know, it was so ambitious, like the writing and it was, mm -hmm. it was so good, the writing and like the storyboard and, you know, every single department, like backgrounds, character animation, uh, uh, props and designs and and the voices, you know, everything had to be like perfect, you know, and and everybody pushed it, and the compositing and the effects and everything and music, you know, it was it was really inspiring to see like, whoa, like how far you can actually push it, you know, TV shows don't have to be like a lesser thing compared to feature films because suddenly we were like, oh my gosh, like, oh my god, like this. This production is like 10 times better quality than a lot of European feature films, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that way, it was like really like uh, mind-blowing to see 
what TV can also be, you know, it doesn't have to be like uh, yeah, cheap and, and fast and 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 I don't know. I think that was that was a big like eye opener for us, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with that sentiment because I feel like when I was in school, um, that was that same thing that you described, like about animation workshop like in Goblin was also like oh tv is not where you want to go tv is kind of like the lower art form yeah but I was the kind of I felt at the time I was kind of one of the only ones that was like I love adventure time and look at all these cool tv <laughs> shows coming out and then eventually Gravity Falls came out Steven Universe yeah. came out and people started to be like okay tv can be really cool too yeah and I feel like Gumball was also part of that lineup of really, really, really cool shows that helped kind of shift people's opinion of TV. Because I've, it's funny because I've always loved working in TV. I, I actually like working in TV better than I like working in features. Uh, that's my personal okay. preference. Um, yeah. But, uh, and it's, so that's really cool that you guys were there. And do you, like, so, cause, so you've already gone to Animation Sans Frontières, Christian, and yeah. then you, when did you start, when did you guys start working on Evando? Were you kind of thinking about it at that point? Were you still pitching your short film as a TV show? What was kind of like the process creatively going on in the background of all the, of the jobs? <laughs> yeah, so I think when, so when we worked there, it was, I think it was still like me, like I still had this dream of, one day I wanted to direct my own thing and, you know, make my own stories and stuff. And, and that wasn't really your, like, it wasn't really, you just want to be the best animator in the world. That was your focus kind of, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not so much directing, it was more like animating. Yeah, it's like animating, you know, yeah, no, for sure. I think it, it changed when, or it didn't change, but when, um, at one point during the production, um, Cartoon Network sent out this like, you know, oh, you know, we have this client, um, they want to do uh, uh, like a, a series of little shorts, and mm. um, there's just like these, you know, it has to be two minute, like a two minute format, and it has to be like about blue hippos. Hmm. Uh, and we it's were like, oh, random. yeah, we were like, I mean, th this is like a, a huge opportunity, right? Like to try and and do something. So that's why, like, we that point. I mean, it it took a little bit of persuasion from Christian, but at that point, we we you know we started to uh, to to spend you know our weekends trying to come up with little ideas, and it would ju it was just like one page, you know, one written page and then like one piece of artwork um, and that's sort of how it began we sent it off and we never heard we didn't hear anything for a really 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 long time and we just assumed you know it's just like it's just out there in the you know i don't even know what it's called the void the void yeah 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 <laughs> um, so we never ever expected anything and then suddenly i got this email from uh, sarah phil who was the Series producer and Gumball, and she's saying, "Oh, you know, everyone really likes this idea. Uh, you know, please, please come in and and, and pitch it, um, or please come in and have a chat about it." And we're like, "Oh my God, this is wow. insane!" Yeah. How many, how many one pagers did you send until that happened? That was our first one. 
But wow. then we went into this, we went into this meeting and we we're like, oh no, this is amazing, this is amazing. And the first thing they said when we got into the meeting was like, oh, you know, the, the client went for something else, mm. you know, so uh, we're not doing your project. We're like, what? And also because we this this idea, like because yeah, it, it had to be about blue hippos, but then you had created freedom and we developed it for a long time, you know, before the 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 pitch, you know, and like we spend all our afternoon, all our evenings, all our spare time on it, just trying to come up with this idea. Yeah, and then did this one page uh, and so it was like one page of describing the project, like a little setup of the show, mm -hmm. a character description of the main character, and one example of a very short, like an episode, like a very short example of an episode, and then one design. And yeah, and then so <laughs> So we felt like we put a lot of work into this, you know, and it took a long time. And then, yeah, like the first thing was just, yeah, so uh, we liked your idea, but we're not really going to use it. So what else do you got, you know? Yeah. Show just us. hit us. Yeah, just come on. We're like almost looking for our bags, you know, show us, show us your sketch, sketchbooks, you know. Yeah. We want to yeah. see what you're doing. It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> but, it, you know. Yeah, so it was super scary like because it was already kind of intimidating and scary because you we vaguely knew sarah phil who was the series producer on gumball but mm -hmm. it's not a person we normally talk to because we were so low in the hierarchy you know so right. we knew who she was and she was really nice and and, we, and you know we met her in the studio but we were not it was still intimidating you know to go to a meeting with the big producers and then it was like also her boss, who was like the boss of all of Cast Network in Europe. And so it's very intimidating and in, in, in going to that big, like the tall building in the center of London, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, security and all that. It was very fancy, you know, when you come from a little animation studio. <laughs> so it's very intimidating. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was just like, yeah, so come on, what else do you have? Give us some other ideas. And we didn't prepare anything else at all. You know, we had no, we only had this one thing so we're just sitting there and feel like, oh, fuck, 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 what are we going to do? And then they're like, yeah, show us your sketchbooks. We're sure you have some fun ideas. And then, <laughs> and then we had to like, oh, I don't know, improvise. And, oh, I don't know, we have this little doodle here. Maybe that's kind of fun. And they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it was so, it felt so uh, awkward and, and embarrassing because we felt like we were idiots because, oh, how can we show up with only one idea, you know? Uh, uh, why didn't we prepare something else, you know? Even though we couldn't have known. And uh, so afterwards, because then they're like, oh, okay, mm, yeah, this was nice. Okay, yeah, we'll let you know. And then, <laughs> but they're really nice, you know, they're really, really sweet and relaxed. And it was just, we were just super intimidated. And then we uh, kind of left, and then it was in the evening. We just walked into the cold streets of London, sat in a cafe and just stared into traffic and just felt like, Oh my God, we just blew our only chance of making it, you know, ever. It's what our one shot and we blew it and we just feel horrible. It's like, oh, it, yeah. it, this is, you know, we wasted our opportunity, you know, oh, we feel really miserable. But then, you know, then life kind of went on and then we went back to working, you know, as animators. It was just usual, you know, mm -hmm. work days afterwards. And then, uh, yeah, then I think a few weeks, some time went by and then, yeah, Sarah was saying, you know, you should just, you know, just send me your ideas. Just send, like, 
do little one pages and just send me and I'll let you know if there's anything, you know, we want to, you know, we, we think you might have something, you know, we want to. Yeah, because she reached you? out to us yeah. like, to say like, hey, even though they didn't take our idea about the hippo stuff, they really liked us. So they would be happy to hear our other ideas, you know, and I was like, oh, what? So we didn't blow it. You know what? There's still change. There's still, you know, there's still hope, you know, we, we felt, we thought like, okay, we are dead to them now, you know. But the but they were really sweet and they're like yeah they still want to hear ideas from us and yeah so that was like phew big relief you know then suddenly we yeah and we just spent we ended up spending like almost half a year and we would send in ideas and we would get like a little bit of feedback sometimes we'd be like no this you know this doesn't work or you know but there would always be like some sort of feedback that would you know propel us into the next idea so i think we ended up like pitching or not pitching pitching but at least sending uh these ideas in like i think we did that seven times before we uh yeah seven different seven different pitch, ideas seven different tv shows yeah nice and each of every time you sent it that one page right just like a yeah. one page with um would you say it's like oh this is the idea of the show and then an episode or would you also describe the characters like how much information would you put in that one page i think it was like i mean obviously the title the the, the line. yeah but also like the length and the mm -hmm. the no because we were locked on length because they wanted they they were specifically interested in that like two minute format because they wanted to try that new short format on social media and stuff and okay so that was kind of like some of the constraints and then yes and then and for i think for the audience it was like the same as gumball like eight to twelve or whatever six to eleven and then so it would be a log line yeah what is the show about based in one sentence kind of and then a, a smaller like a, a longer description of like this is about this guy this girl who does this and that you know mm -hmm. and then we would do a character description of the main character or main characters mm. and then one example of how an episode would be and i think that was kind of it mm. maybe a little bit about the style like if like this is 2d or this is mixed media this is 3d or this is you know miniature or whatever you know would but, you put any drawings in it or is it just like writing yeah no that would be drawings but yeah. one i think we did one yeah piece of art one but it was super rough and basic not anything beautiful you know it, mm. it's just sketches basically nice. one rough nothing we spend time on you know one drawing per pitch kind of yeah just to kind of get a basic idea of what it yeah and um yeah mm -hmm. so, so it was like seven different yeah pitches or tv shows we came up with and then so the seventh was ivan doe nice it was kind of you know even though it sounds like oh it must be super frustrating because it's just like redo it redo it redo it you know mm -hmm. times and it kind of was frustrating to some extent but it was also satisfying because every time we did a pitch um obviously like then we would get some really good feedback from sarah and cross network and and then we would take that figure and go back and develop it and then so each of each pitch would kind of get better, you know, and mm. and in the end with the seventh, with the Islander one, we kind of went like, okay, you know, <laughs> we can't go on forever. 
let's take the best from all the other pitches, you know. So it was like we so we we took the characters from from the hippo one, then we took the mixed media thing with miniature backgrounds from the other one, then we took the forest setting from the third one, then we took the something else from the you know. Mm -hmm. So they were all kind of combined, and then it became like a really nice combination, and then that was the Iron Door one, and the. And for that one, we went back into the tall building in the middle of London with our bus and her bus and another bus. And, and they had to sit, like, there were three or four buses. We had to sit across them at a small desk. And we were, like, presenting those last, the last two ideas, I think. And then it was in that meeting that they were like, all right, we'll, we'll give you money to do a pilot. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, and we were like, wow, <laughs> because we because we also thought it would be like, okay, we'll let you know, and then maybe we could go home and wait. But but they were just like, yeah, we love it. So uh, we're gonna give you some money to do a pilot. So uh, yeah, and we were just like, yeah, I don't know, totally wow. minus. What? Yes. Yeah, we didn't expect that at all. But how much time did it take for you guys to do like a uh... How much time would you say happened uh, went by between the first pitch, the Blue Hippo pitch, and the moment they were like, we like even though? I think it was all like it was maybe eight six months. Yeah, six six half a year maybe. Yeah. Oh, so you were and coming out with a new pitch almost once a month. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, we all spent all our time on it, like all our weekends, all our evenings. And also in the meantime, uh, because I took that ASF course, in the meantime, I had taken another similar course <laughs> again, you know, also with the animation workshop where there was another like directing production course. And so so we had all this like, yeah, we had all these like tools, like how to, how to make a one page, how to pitch, how to do this and that. Mm -hmm. And so we just spent all our time and, and like uh, spend our, like uh, when everybody else went on holiday, we spent our like I went on a production workshop in our holiday in my holiday and mm. spent all the time developing ideas, you know. Mm. And and a lot of our colleagues were like, "What? Why do you want to do that?" Oh no, this is that uh, is so true. <laughs> I feel like in Europe I get this all the time. Where people are always like, "Why are you working so hard? Like you yeah. should have a life." Yeah, Stop. I went to Greece in the sun for two weeks, and you just went on a workshop. Oh, get a life, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> that is so know, true. But, <laughs> but it was strange because I think that that thing. I don't know if it was the summer or something, but well, it doesn't matter. But I think at that point I was really starting to feel like, oh, I need to go somewhere with my own ideas, you know, because because I love being an animator and I love working on Gumball, but it was still like. Something else has to happen at some point, you know. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and even though we were all exhausted because we work really hard and it's a tough schedule, you know, it's even you know, even though you have more time than in team two, it's still like it's tough work, it's a high quality and stuff. So yeah. Always tired, of course, but I think when I went on that workshop and and start to develop ideas and, and and then we got home and we spent the weekends developing ideas and and all the evenings, you know it still boosts you, you know, it gives you energy because it's so exciting, you know. So so even though you technically work, if it's something that really excites you, it also like it also gives you energy and it's like oh, super exciting, you know, and, and it's fun. It doesn't it, it's not like it doesn't feel like uh, 
and all the junk you know yeah I, I i agree with that i feel like i feel like when you're when you're a creator at heart you it's hard to be content only with just the day job uh you always kind of want more and there's not there's not really there's no escaping it really <laughs> yeah because you always have to make a living and yeah and get some experience and yeah yeah so that's it's so interesting and then then because because we love living in london and um, we actually wanted to stay in london but then then we were talking about okay so we're going to do this pilot but i mean what should we do how do we do it and because the only Culture Network um, production and show they actually had in Europe at that time was uh, Gumball. And that was the first <laughs> European production they had ever done. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was quite a kind of big deal that that was was even there, you know. And um, yeah, so we didn't really know. And then I think in the beginning we talked about, oh, maybe we have to go to California to do it, you know, because in Burbank, that's where all the Culture Network people are. And uh, they were like, yeah, I mean, you know, that could be exciting, but we were also a little bit like, but if we could choose, we'd actually like to stay in London, also to be close to family and stuff, and we loved London. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, yeah, maybe it could be in London, then that was kind of the other plane. <clears throat> and uh, that would be great, because yeah, and then we could, you know, we had all our colleagues and friends and stuff, but then, because we also felt like at that point, we had been away from Denmark for four years. Oh yeah, and in, in London, and actually we didn't feel like going back home because we feel like it's so exciting in London, and we, and you know also Paris is super exciting, and 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 France in general there's so much animation, and we feel like there's so much stuff going on here compared to Denmark, and we were not really ready to go back because it felt like uh, I don't know, it felt like that would be kind like a bit boring compared to to be in London where there's so much going on. Mm-hmm would be like a step backwards almost but then the bus the danish the, like the bus of the danish cancer network he said that the, if we go back to denmark we could also get danish um, government funding you know for production and stuff oh nice yeah like you, you know like in france you can also get uh, all this yeah stuff. yeah yeah and then they don't have that in the uk in the same way so and also then you know that so suddenly that became an option to actually go back to denmark and and do it there because then we could get a bigger budget for our pilot, which would be great, you know. Oh, thanks to the government fun- funding, right? Yeah, because then yeah. you could help top up, you, you, you know, you could have your budget from Cast Network and then you could actually maybe get additional money from yeah. the Danish from the funding and then it would be better for the project, you know. Nice. And um, and we were still like, Meh, but you know, <laughs> we really <laughs> want to be in London, you know, that's where we want to be. But then it was also because. Then we had to think, and you know, in Denmark, there's so much talent, you know, there's so many good artists because of the animation workshop, because there's so many animation people and super talented people coming from that school. But at that time, it felt like there was not that there were not that many studios. It was before Sun Creature existed, I think, and or, or before they actually before they they really grew and stuff. Oh yeah, because Sun Creature was like very, very small for a long time. It was just like Yeah, people. they were just yeah, starting yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, there were not that many studios and, and there were not that many productions. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of artists um, without work and, and without projects and stuff. So we also felt like actually if we go back and we could do a TV show in, in, in Denmark, that would be great because then we can use some of all this amazing talent that sits in Denmark without, you know, kind of being used. So then suddenly we were actually excited to go back. 
and uh, mm. yeah, so then we then we actually left London and, and went back to Copenhagen. How was it like doing the pilot? Like, cause, so the pilot was two minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, like how was kind of like technically? So you you have all this money now. How did you have to find a structure? How did you did you do it all from your bedroom? Like how did you what happened? How what was the steps for to make it happen? I think Cartoon Network uh, and Cartoon Network teamed us up with a studio, a Danish studio at that time, and uh, mm-hmm. and we sort of went into to and and they sort of. Uh, yeah, they they had like uh, pr- production managers and all that stuff, but it was very much like it was us and like three other people. You know, we're very 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 few people doing it, um, and it was also quite interesting because we thought, you know, ah, we're gonna, you know, there will be writers, you know, there'll be people who can actually write this show because they're not writers, and when uh, yeah, we're just animators, yeah, we can do anything. <laughs> I think it's because we, you know, we it was just me and Eva and then Sarah Phil, the producer of Gumball, and, and and she was kind of setting it all up. And we went to Denmark and they were like, okay, we we got this place in this Danish studio, but it was still us who should kind of build the team, you know. We were mm-hmm. it was not their team, it was kind of like we had to find our own team that fitted the project. Mm-hmm. And then um, we needed to develop it because all we had was that like one pager, you know, so it was still very vague, the show. We kind of figured out mm. the personality of the main character of Ivan, though. I mean, he didn't even have a name back then. Back then he was called Bambi, just <gasps> as a, <laughs> because it was like, in the, in the beginning, it was like, oh, it's kind of not a parody of the Bambi story, but it was just like, he's a prince, he lives in the forest, so he's kind of like a bad version of Bambi, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I just called him Bambi, yeah. and then and we had the bird character, and that was kind of it. And we had one premise, like one story, but we still had to develop this world, this the 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 tone and the the humor and everything in this uh, this show. It was still super vague, and mm-hmm. and then Sarah Phillips she suggested that we would team up with Daniel Lemmert, who is uh, at that point, so he had been involved in. Gumball since the beginning. He was he used to run the what do you call it, the the European Cast Network where they did Gumball. He was the one who kind of greenlit Gumball. Mm. And he did a lot of other shorts. He developed it. He was yeah, developed it, yeah. 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 So he, they developed a lot of shorts with a lot of creators before Gumball was was made. And and uh, so he was really, really good at, at developing and, and working with creators and so Sarah actually teamed us up with him. So he came to Denmark to meet us. And we never met him before because he was, you know, one of the top guys. And we were like the bottom people in yeah. <laughs> Gumball. So we never actually met, even though he was on Gumball. And uh, so he came to Denmark to meet us. And and, uh, and then we started to, you know, we presented our idea. And we talked about our references, you know, for humor and mm-hmm. and what we mentioned, you know, and and... Our references were a lot like Monty Python and yeah. also Eastbound and Down, that TV show with Danny McBride. Oh know. my God. Yes, I know that show. Oh my God. I both love it, but it's really hard to watch because it's a lot <laughs> of like second hand embarrassment. <laughs> but we loved it because we wanted to make a show because I think 
because we grew up like with a lot of Disney stuff and and you know the, all the main characters like Aladdin and all these guys they were like all these like perfect main characters who make good choices they're good guys and they're clever and didn't you know all this and that and we wanted to make a main character who was an idiot you know who was like a goon you know and who was not good at anything but but like a confident idiot you know yeah yeah i think it's really funny it's kind of like the pink panther have you guys yeah Yeah, i love that kind of like (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) that was like what and so so for us like eastbound and down and the the Daniel McBride, like Kenny Powers, you know, he was a big inspiration. And also some other Danish TV shows and, and, and British TV shows and yeah, 40 Towers and a lot of other things. So so we had these references and Daniel just loves those references, you know, and, and it was also very much in his humor. So so we like instantly kind of clicked, you know, on that and he really liked the project. So he decided he wanted to help us develop it. Nice. Yeah, and that was amazing because then suddenly we could you know, take it to a whole other level and, and develop the whole world and the characters and the stories and yeah. Yeah, and that's when also because we were in Gumball where it was such a big machine because they had already done mm-hmm. many seasons when we came and, and it was a huge project. So they already had like, they obviously had like a writer's room with amazing writers and they all won all these awards, BAFTAs and Emmys and mm-hmm. all this stuff, any awards like and and um, they had amazing storyboard artists, and everybody were amazing. So we thought, oh, okay, we'll just have the same kind of team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then you know when we then then we're like, okay, so okay, we should start writing and develop it. So okay, where are all the writers? You know, when will the writers arrive? Yeah. Then then Sarah and Daniel they're like, no no no, you guys are the writers. This is your show. And we're like, what? We can't write. We're just animators. We're nobodies. You know. We don't know anything. When you went into development, was there any moment that you were worried about your copyright or keeping your idea safe? No, we were very honest. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, and I also think like the look on our faces just was completely shocked. But I think that was also the, you know, it was it was really good thing as well because they were like, well, you know, we want this show to feel like you, you know, even though you don't have experience and stuff, you know, we can, this is something that, you you know, you can you can learn as well. Um, and it was, you know, obviously like a lot of trial and error, but, you know, mm-hmm. you just sort of, you just, you just have to try and, and do it. And, and to be honest, like in a way you do know, even though you don't know how to write, do have an idea yeah. of what your show is going to be. And you also do know which direction you want to take it. So even if you can't articulate it like perfectly, you know, that comes like, you know, you start with a rough pass and then you just sort of polish and polish and polish and polish and polish, you know. Mm. So it's not like it has to be, you know, it, it has to be perfect, everything like perfect, perfect English, perfect dialogue, blah, blah, blah. blah. All this stuff doesn't have to be all that to begin with, you know. You just it's like it's like it is like a drawing, you know. Start with a rock, and then you sort of, you know, it can you can you can polish it forever, almost, you know. And um, I think it's also because we, yeah, because they also told us like because you know, Cats Network. I think they might also work differently from other like uh, yeah. 
some other networks because they also I remember when when you and I were in the ESF course, like there was a lot of talk about this stuff, like, oh, you develop an idea and it's very precious to you, and you think if this is a hit, it could be worth a lot of money, you know. So, you know, mm. so you take kind of a risk to go up and pitch it to somebody, and then everybody have this like urban legend of this worst case scenario where the network is like, oh yeah, we love that idea. And then they're like, no, we're not going to green light it. And then they steal your idea and they make it without you, you know, that that whole thing like that's, and, and you know, of course there were, I remember there was something everybody talked about. What if they take your idea and they just steal it and make it without you and, and you know, you were, you had that fear, but, but I think they were very, like Sarah and Daniel also told us like, but they also want to like, develop us you know develop mm. us like our talent and they also want to they're not going to steal you know nobody would steal your idea because the reason they it's not because our idea was that amazing you know it was like our brains they kind of liked they liked our way of thinking and so that's what they wanted to explore more so it's mm. not if, if we gave our idea to somebody else it would become a completely different show obviously so i think it was also like they wanted to um, develop this together with us to see what it could become if we all like learn together and all that stuff and and we couldn't have you know that's it's only because we got Daniel Leonard on the on the project that he guided us and he helped us and he and he started to you know teach us a lot and this is how you should you know we should think and and we should really try to find our own like taste and voice and humor and all that stuff. Nice. Um, and then I think at some point. It was like we have to develop it to begin with, but then we're like, we're not writers. We really can't write. We have never written anything before. And then they're like, okay, but you can try. And then if you know if it doesn't work out, we will find, you know, we can hire a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Eva and Daniel and I started to sit and write together. And because Daniel, he he, he used to be like a creative exec, you know, so he used to supervise and give comments and, and he's you know mm-hmm. and, and a lot of different things but he also actually wasn't an a script writer himself before mm-hmm. that but then the three of us sat down together and started to write these episodes and suddenly we were like hey this is actually going really really well and and uh, and then in the end it was like oh maybe we don't spend money on script writers maybe the three of us just write it together mm-hmm. and so so it was like it wasn't even planned. It was then it just ended up being Eva and Daniel and, and I who wrote the the script ourselves, you know, and 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 that whole season, all the ten shorts we then did, all the ten two minute shorts, the three of us just wrote all the scripts, even though it wasn't planned, you know. That's really so, cool. Yeah, so it was kind of by chance. It wasn't really. It wasn't really planned, you know. That's really cool. I really like that you that what you're saying that yeah, like they invested in you as artists because they were like, okay, we like the way we like your humor, we like where you're going, and that they were like, um, there there was like a lot of communication and yeah, like you had a lot of yeah. support. That sounds really really cool. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. It was also you know. We had time to learn before the big season as well, before we were greenlit by the for the big, you know, you know, suddenly getting a order of, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 11 minutes can be if we had gotten that, you know, from that little pitch meeting, it would be a really, really, really long way to, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, 
so this was also a way for us, you know, because we needed to learn how to direct and write and, uh, you know, have that role in a team. And it was just really, you know, I, I think it's sort of learning it in that little, you know, two minute format. And then, you know, it's a big step again when you have to do these 11 minutes one, but, but at least now you sort of don't really know what you're doing, but you sort of at least have, you know, you have a team around you that always sort of know where we want to go, you know, and, and that was yeah. extremely helpful. Yeah. And also because we, it was so hands-on, especially on the pilot, but also, yeah, so after the pilot, we got greenlit to do what we call a season, but... <laughs> Compared to normal shows, it was it was like just a bunch of shorts. It was like so we got greenlit because they liked the the pilot. We got greenlit to do nine more of those two minute or three minute shorts. But especially on the on the pilot, you know, it was Eva and me, and we had one animator, and uh, we had our art director uh, Birk who came in, and uh, and then we used miniature sets, you know, like for uh, stop motion. So we built all the sets from uh, natural materials like branches and leaves and stuff, moss and stuff. We found it. <laughs> so it was like, and we had one set person, one compositor, one. You know, we had one of each one enemy. So we would also do everything. Like we would storyboard everything. We like we wrote the script. We would design. And we had one character designer, Miguel Summer, who came in and did all the designs. But we would do all the rigs, all the animation with our animator. We would do all the cleaner. <laughs> It was, mm -hmm. it was like you know it was very much like making a short film you know it was very very small team you know mm -hmm. and then so when we started those the the other nine two minute episodes we then we decided to go to sun creature studio so that was after the pilot then we went over to them and then we produced yeah the they were just starting up so that was also a really exciting time to come into their studio mm -hmm. and uh, and we knew some of the people from school Nice. Yes, they were in the in the class below us, so we knew them. And then there was Charlotte de la Guinardie from uh, she was uh, she studied animation production in Goblang as well. So I actually met her on ASF as well. Oh, awesome! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was also thanks to ASF. And then yeah, so we went over to them to do the the nine extra episodes. And then we yeah, but that was also a very small team, you know, still a bigger team, but still very hands-on for everybody yeah and then now we just finished produce, like making the second the real big season you know which is like 40 times 11 40 times 11 that's like yeah that's like a big order yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so crazy wow but, and where did you make the was it also sun creatures for the big um heck yeah and like how many people did you have on your team total because you went from the the tiny little team for the two minutes yeah. How many people, like, how much did it grow to handle the big season? Like 300 people. 300? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. So did you have all the anime? Like, so that is so interesting. So how did you get all the 300 people? Was it freelance? Did you have to, like, find a new building? Like, how did that kind of... I mean, I think that was including, you know, production people and, and actors and stuff. So, but I think, yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a big. But when we, because then after the 10 shorts we did, we, it's also, it wasn't like, oh, we like it. Here's like all these millions of, 
to do the next big thing you know it wasn't it wasn't that easy it was like then after that you would you we got some money to develop the next season to to expand it yeah we had to do we spent almost a year doing a bible yeah we did right? a, a new pitch yeah, bible oh so after after you did the the nine tiny shorts yeah. you did a bible okay and and how can you talk about the difference between that bible and the the like first pitches yeah it was uh it's it's way more uh extensive it's like it, it was, was a proper book it, it was, was like, a book you know yeah, it wasn't i don't know how many pages but it, and everything had to look so 15, 15, 15 yeah pages. so it had a lot you know just so much more stuff it was a lot of like you know coming up with the recurring characters and doing descriptions and making artwork for it writing scripts writing like, actual scripts yeah or you know at least just like big but like we, we included like five episodes or mm. something like that and so yeah. you you had the you had five finished scripts to go with the bible not not finished but like how oh, the springboard page. like a little yeah, yeah. yeah kind okay. of like a, an but it was quite a lot still it wasn't yeah. just like it was it's quite detailed yeah um with drawings Maybe, like yeah. the sort of bold, bold, not bold drawings but like you know one foot in story beat yeah, drawings it's also because we wanted even daniel and i wanted to expand the universe and mm -hmm. because we had this tiny universe the, the tiny ivandor shorts that felt like a glimpse into this world and we wanted to have like because then it was like oh we should go bigger it should be like game of thrones you know or, or, oh. or lord of the rings you know with these like many different kingdoms and different species and different this huge journey like the hobbit and and we wanted to make it much bigger and more epic and and, and complicated ah. Oh, that is so cool though that's so cool that you have somebody that's kind of like let's make it like like this big because i feel like usually when yeah. when somebody comes to pitch on the first pitch and you come with a big world like this it's a little scary yeah, um, yeah. but it's cool that later down the pipeline the your main development person was like let's yeah. make it big that's really cool yeah because also i think our ambition was not it wasn't that ambitious to begin with when we pitched ivan though the, the shorts it was just like we would just like to do anything <laughs> we'd be happy to do, <laughs> just to do a short you know we'd be happy we just want to do something you know uh, and you know it wasn't the plan that it should be a big show that would be 40 times a limit it wasn't the plan to have five kingdoms and all these characters of this huge epic journey it was just yeah we just want to do something silly just that would be fun and then it was after you know later when when it worked out really well it was like oh yeah actually now that we have developed it we can see potential for something more you know it was never the master plan mm. but, but you know we got more and more ambitious as we went along and then and more confident of course and then yeah so we spent all that time together with daniel developing a new look for the 40 episodes because before we had miniature stop motion sets and then that would be way too complicated for all these episodes and, and locations so now we went full 2d like okay. we went you know, like more old school painted backgrounds and yeah, because I was and... gonna ask about that. I was like, I love the miniature. I was wondering if it was three D or miniature, and I was like, those are really cool backgrounds. And I was wondering how that was like on a production, how that was to handle. But I guess that's the solution. Is it's all painted? <laughs> yeah, in the shorts. It was, I think we had like three sets per episode, maybe. But yeah, but it was all super, 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 super low budget, like handmade and kind of 
I mean, we went into the forest to collect all the materials. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, and we, the didn't, lot. we couldn't muddle, we couldn't muddle trees. So we just took branches and, you know, glued on little, yeah. you know, it, that's, it just, that's. It's very low tech. Yeah. And I mean, we had an amazing, when we did the tin shorts, we had an amazing uh, set builder from Germany who came to help us, guide us, because we were like noobs. We didn't know what we were doing. And then. Mm-hmm. She was really talented, but it was very low budget. And but then we figured out because it was kind of fun, but also limiting that your medium was so. I mean, it had a lot of constrictions about the camera angles and the amount of backgrounds and camera moves and all this stuff. It got very complicated suddenly, mm-hmm. and we knew we wanted to make something bigger where you uh, had to travel a lot and also be. <laughs> Because it's not a sitcom, you know, so you're never in the same location twice. So, mm-hmm. which is like all the producers' worst nightmares. So you have to. <laughs> we're yes. in a new location. <laughs> we're in a new location with totally new characters in every single episode, you know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, wow. So it, it was. So it was like all the producers' like worst nightmare to to you know budget that, and then if we had done it in stuff like in in sets, like actual miniature sets that would just have been the most expensive TV show ever made so that wouldn't work and then we just wanted to have as much creative freedom as possible so we wouldn't have the stories kind of restricted by the style right suck. so we're really happy with the new look we also actually prefer that because it's too small like a classic like a 2D fairy tale thing so uh, but we developed the style for a really long time with our art director and, and some artists and yeah, so we did all that. So it took like a full year to develop the stories, the characters, the pitch bible. We did a new, we had to do a new pilot, like even though we had the 10 shorts and, and they were kind of successful to some extent, then we still had to start from scratch and do a totally new Bible. No, sorry, pilot. Pilot. Because that one was going to be 11 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. They so wanted to make to... sure it could work as an 11 minute. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So we had to prove that to the studios. We had to make a new pilot and pitch that to the to Castle Network so they would convince that it would actually work. Mm. Makes sense. So all that took like a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had a child in the meantime as well. Yeah, so it was... <laughs> Two babies, like, the show and the human being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a real son and we have Ivan Doe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so it was like yeah. and then we got finally got greenlit to do the, the 40 11 minute. Yeah. Wow. That is so crazy. So Did you like, guys have to go fun. to anything like MIPCOM or you know, any of these kind of animation? like marketplace I guess or like you know Annecy how they have me found no since we yeah you guys were all like already working with Cartoon Network you didn't have to to go through that process exactly only on the shorts on the 10 shorts we had to pitch twice to the Danish Film Academy to get that public funding stuff so so we so we went to pitch and 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 also yeah to them um to get some money but then on the big order for the 40 11 minutes it was such a big project that you know the danish funding wouldn't it wouldn't make sense you know and and also i think at some point it gets too commercial for them because they want to support art and they are not so keen on supporting like a huge american company 
So, right. so I, I think see. that makes sense, you know. We told, yeah. So, so on the on the forty episode, it was just all uh, financed by Casper Network. Interesting. Is it? Do you think? Do you think the shorts were like they were more keen on supporting it because of like the miniature sets and like the 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 artsy kind of vibe or? Um... No, I think it was uh, because it was still in, you know, it was very much like development. Okay. Uh, still, you know, so and 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 a lot of you know the inspiration, a lot of the characters are inspired by uh, Danish folklore. But just wouldn't like they can't, and I, I think that is a hundred percent like you know, I think that's right. Like, I don't think they should support those big, 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 big productions, you know, yeah. that's not what it's for. Like, they, they want to sort of cultivate the uh, talent in Denmark, and this is uh, you know, when it grows this big, it's, it's something, something different as well, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was wondering, I was wondering in terms of like, uh, if it was kind of um, more of a grant for like festival type of uh, um, content. In, yeah, I think that because they have so many different ways of supporting, you know, I mean, they have like stuff, for feature films, stuff for TV shows, stuff for more uh, short films and art projects. But I think also because at that point, it was like, um, they wanted to support new Danish talent, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, two upcoming or like two young inexperienced directors who, who you know, they wanted to support and stuff, but then at some point it's like, yeah, okay, you had your, you know, you had your shot, <laughs> had your shot, you had your help already, you know, so, yeah, yeah so, yeah, but That's I think awesome. that, yeah, that was fine, so, yeah, so all the, the 40, 11 minutes, yeah, the, yeah, that was all custom network, and then, yeah, and then we so it was like uh, Sun Creature in Copenhagen, and then they also opened a new branch in Bordeaux in France. Oh, so really? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Wait, yeah. uh, Sun Creature is in Bordeaux? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. is so cool. Wow. Yeah. So that was actually the main. So I think, all, yeah, so, so they had, I mean, they were supposed to have all the animation there mm. uh, in Bordeaux, and then we would have. A lot of the pre-production in Copenhagen, and then we teamed up with uh, another studio, Viv uh, Manglundi, who are in Laven in France. Viv mm. Manglundi, I think, yeah. Viv Manglundi. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that sounds a little German, and then you're like, said it again. But it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and then. So because they worked together before on the feature film Flea, you know, the documentary. Mm. Uh, so they worked together with Sun Creature and they're super talented. So we teamed up with them as well. So we had, a, and then obviously we had some people in London as well. So we had like, yeah, UK or like London and Bordeaux and Rennes in, in, and then Copenhagen. Rennes is uh, Vivement Lundi, right? Yeah, then Rennes. Yeah. Mm, nice. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. It's like it's all the little towns too. Like you guys don't work with any like capital like um like uh Paris or London. So like it, it was all like in the smaller towns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess but I guess Copenhagen yeah. is a, is a main city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then you know we were greenlit and we started production in February 2020 and then one month later COVID happened, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 
so you know, it's just like crazy timing. So we were supposed to have a big team in-house in Copenhagen, all the pre-production. And we were supposed to have a huge team in-house in Bordeaux. And we was, you know, there were all these plans. Everything was supposed to be a certain way. And we were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be totally like the Gumball team. We're going to have all the artists in-house and it's going to be that cool vibe. And suddenly everybody had to work from home and we never met 90% of the team, you know, and, 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 you know, yeah, so it was all a miss, but it was the same for everybody, but. That's so crazy. That was your first experience running a show. Was during yeah, COVID. That's it was so... just, everything was just on Skype, you know, but at least then the good thing was it, it, um, opened us because, you know, in the beginning we had some constraints to have everybody in-house so it had to be people who could relocate or be on site or whatever but in the end then it was like no nah, it doesn't matter we can just use anybody anywhere so actually it it, <laughs> it kind of worked out for you guys yeah. yeah it was good because then we had a wider like a bigger talent pool you know use mm -hmm. that's so interesting <laughs> that's so cool wow and so how long um did you spend like you you just wrapped up that order right like when did you wrap up um the season february or march maybe yeah. this year yeah okay and so um, it was like three years of production three years yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. how's it like how's it like running it like finishing a first season how'd you guys feel i think it's amazing i yeah. you i mean you're insanely tired obviously but it's uh, <laughs> it's it it, it it was such a right i mean sometimes we say like it was both like the best and the worst because it's so difficult you know it's yeah uh, there's a lot of like just just figuring out everything and as soon as the you know the the, the train starts running you know you're putting down the tracks the tracks as as it go you know ahead of it you know it's like it's a it's insane but it it is also you know it doesn't feel like going to work you know you just go there and just yeah 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 it's a, it's a strange mix because it's like it's so tough but it's also so amazing you know and you're so grateful and stuff so it, yeah it's, it's it's just a mix of yeah but it, it is it's a lot to also to to um do 40 11 minute episodes and also i think when it's the first season and also yeah. with covid you know because it was like even though we had a first season of the shorts so we kind of had a show but we didn't really have a show because now it's like 10 times bigger and we kind of had a voice or a humor or a tone but we still developed it so much more since and 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 we kind of tried to direct before, but it's very different when you have a team with three five, or five animators and suddenly you have like a team of, I don't know how many hundred people, you know, who sit everywhere and, and, and it's 40 episodes. So, and so suddenly everything is so much bigger and so much more complicated. So I think if, like Eva said earlier, if we had been thrown into this production from, from the beginning, like being totally inexperienced and, and green, you know, we would have literally died because, ah. it, you know, it. we wouldn't have made it. All the show would just have, like, bumped, you know, yeah. because if we would have, you know, we wouldn't have made it, like, survived it. So so I think it was actually lucky for us that we had all this time even. And that's also, at some sometimes we feel a bit, you get a bit impatient because we developed, like, this pitch Bible and 
we had to repitch and do a new animatic to mm -hmm. prove to Cartoon Network it could be a good show, 11-minute show, even though we did the shorts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I get mm -hmm. very impatient. You just want to move on and just want to yeah. come on, just invest the money. You know, we just we just want to do more. You, know, you get a bit impatient, you know, and and you just you get you just want to do more. But then at the same time, it was really really good for us in hindsight that we actually had the time to like learn and 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 gradually grow mm -hmm. to start with a pilot, then do ten shorts, then do a bigger pilot. Then do 40, was, you know, it was nice to actually have that time to grow so we could also like evolve and learn mm -hmm. and stuff because otherwise, yeah, it probably wouldn't have gone as well as yeah. it did, you know. So, but it was crazy because also at some point, like in the, the pre production and, and also during the production, you you have your idea of your show and you kind of have something as a, as a starting or, or like a base. Uh-huh. But you still have no idea what it's gonna be. So so we are still on the first season, you're still developing it as you produce it, you know. Uh -huh. You're still finding the look of the backgrounds and the comp and the designs and animation, and you're still trying to figure out the stories and how to actually board this, how to edit it, how to tell the stories and what is the tone and the pace and the humor. So yeah, so it all evolved while we were doing it, you know, with the team. So everybody helped find it and stuff so that is so cool yeah. do you what would you say as showrunners where did you spend what took up the most time in your schedule like in your day-to-day -day schedule well we weren't um we were the showrunners but we also uh it directed it directed it so it was a lot of like we it was sort of divided like uh you know i think we were both a lot of the pre-production Christian did a lot of the design I was an edit I was a lot of the storyboard mm -hmm. and then later on I was taking care of animation and background and you were more in the compositing, compositing voices and yeah. style and stuff and then we yeah. and we both did scripts also yeah. and, and we also had Daniel Leonard who mm -hmm. so we were like a good trio even Daniel and I who who would like we would split up a bit, but also have an overview of everything. At the same time. Mm. It was a very tricky compilation, you know, like a uh, uh, constellation. Uh, mm. um, and, so, and especially also at some point when the you go from pre-production into actual production, mm. or actually when you move into post-production, because you have 40 episodes, you at some point we had all 40 episodes live at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was the most insane uh, time because then the first episode we started would be in compositing and sound design. So that would be almost done. And the last episode would still be in script writing. Yeah. And then you would have some in script, some in board, some in edit and animatic, some in background layout all this stuff some in animation some in design some in compositing some in music some in voices you know mm. so that was crazy because then you had to have all 40 episodes in your brain at the same time and and shift you know we had a new meeting every hour so every hour there was a new briefing or a new feedback session or something mm. so you had to swap like switch in your brain from 
oh, okay, what is this episode is about? Oh, yeah, this is on oh, what stage? Oh, yeah, it's that. Oh, what is the joke? What is the story here? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, and what did we talk about last time? Oh, yeah. I think that was the most insane uh, point when it was like all 40. It was easier when it was the first 10 or last 10, but mm-hmm. when it was all 40, that was crazy. That's so insane. And so were you, both of you and Daniel, all of you three in all of the meetings or because you were splitting duties, there's like meetings where like you ever weren't in them and you Christian weren't in them. Yeah, yeah, we split up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had to, but then obviously it had to have meetings where we would sort of reconvene and okay. figure out if everyone was on the same page. Everyone had like an opportunity at each step to say something, you know. Um, but it's also like at one point you also just have to, you know, trust that okay, you know, the team is obviously at a ends up at a point where they know what the the what they need to what they need to do, you know, but. Also, we also had to be like, okay, I can't, you know, you can't micromanage uh, production, yeah. you know, you, you you have to sort of also say, okay, I believe this person will, you know, yeah. make the, 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 the right choice. And especially after a while, I think that mm. in the beginning, it's toughest because also it's a totally new team and, and Sun Creature was a very young new studio and, and everybody was kind of inexperienced, you know, nobody had done series before and and you have all the supervisors are new in this position you know uh, all the top people is, and 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 the whole team has to find each other find the style and then build everything from scratch so it was also like in the beginning it was it needed more like of us on everything but then as we got along obviously the team began to you know get into the project the supervisors they could you know they were amazing so they helped us a lot and you know and they could take over more and more you know mm. so definitely got easier but but, but yeah for sure, for sure in the beginning it was all like the toughest but that's so okay. yeah. also because it feels like you i think like because you you do the script obviously first and then you go you do you have this whole process from step to step to script to to board to edit to all this but it also feels like especially when you're defining everything at the same time as you go along you can still kind of mess it up on every single step so so it's not like oh at least we got a good script then it will be easy from here you know you can still mess it up in the storyboard yeah <laughs> but storyboard you can still mess it up in the edit if you're not, you know, if it's not the right like pace yeah. or the way you use the edit. Yeah. And then from there, obviously, the, a good animatic is like the most important thing. But you can still kind of mess up the other steps, you know, mess up a joke in animation, on sound, or in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even in compositing in the or, or sound, you know, in the last steps you can still. So I think in the beginning there was like there had to be so much on everything to define what is the show actually going to be and. Uh, yeah, but hopefully it should be better if we do another season. It should then now at least we have something you know we can refer to, and now we know what the show is. Yeah. But uh, developing it while we do it, that yeah, that was that was tricky, but also amazing. Yeah, I feel like first seasons that's pretty typical of the first season, right? Like now yeah. you now you know the show, so like if yeah if you get another season, you're like okay, we we got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, then, and also now we have some, yeah, we have like a team of people who, who also know, like they also know what it is. Right. Like now it's, yeah. 
That's so awesome. I I I was wondering, like, uh, do you guys know where um, it's where it's showing? Like, uh, what platforms? In America, it's gonna be on HBO Max or Max. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> coming out in in November. Ooh, yeah. November! Oh, just uh, when the episode comes out. That's so awesome. Yes. <laughs> because it 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 has been out in Europe since May, yeah. and in Asia and. I think Australia and Africa and the Middle East and mm -hmm. I think actually it's been out all over the world except the US now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's the last place to premiere mm -hmm. in November. Yeah. You you guys already got some fan art. I saw you have fan art online. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you do you like check it out? Do you sometimes like Google and look at the fan art? Yeah, yes. sometimes yeah yeah. But we really yeah we love it. It's so sweet. We also we went to this like. Um, event in the in the BAFTA house in London uh, last week actually where there was a lot of kids who came to see the show and that was like the cutest thing ever because then the kids had to you know they watched it and then they had to go and and they would draw like Ivandoe characters or they would draw Ivandoe and they would also design their own monsters and they would design their own weapons and shields and swords and 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 uh, yeah that was super cute it's really fun to see when you also because when you produce a show and you make it and you show it to people it's always animation people you show it to or industry people or adults mm -hmm. and then it, but you're actually making it for kids you know so it, it's it's actually rare that the ones who make the show actually get to see it with the kids yeah so it's yeah. really nice to actually see the actual audience the ones who are actually supposed to watch it or you actually the, who, the ones you're actually making it for to see them watch the show yeah that was really special that was really 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 sweet that's <laughs> so sweet that's so cool um well i'm not gonna ask about what's up with the second season because i don't know if you guys can talk about it but i'm really excited i'm really excited to see the first season on max i haven't for now i've only seen what's on the on youtube like um that's really really cool already and i love i love that personality of even though because like you said he's like a He's like a big dummy, and <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> uh, he's got is it, it's kind of like a little bit of a twist on Gumball because Gumball's a little bit like that too, like very arrogant and vain. So Evando has a little bit of that, but with more <laughs> hot air, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I um I have some questions from our listeners for you guys. Sure. And I, I really like this one from our patron, Mallard, who asked, what is your advice on collaboration on something like a short? How do you make sure two people are on the same line on an idea and feel like they both contributed what they wanted into it? That's a really cool question, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's interesting for us because, I mean, obviously, so we have couples so we know each other really well, but... Like when we started to develop to work together, I think it was um, it's also good because like when I was trying to come up with ideas by myself, I had nobody to ping pong with or nobody to to challenge me, you know, or to say mm. this idea is bad. But this is the good part about your idea. This is the bad part about your idea. Mm. And as soon as I started to work together with Eva, everything got so much better because you had two brains and somebody to challenge your ideas. And, and Eva comes with all her ideas, and then we can challenge and ping pong together and then suddenly it became stronger and, and but you have to be kind of honest obviously otherwise it doesn't work and then you have to be constructive and, and uh, 
But I also think yeah. at one point, you know, you have to get over being afraid of saying something that, you know, yeah, coming with bad ideas or bad. And it's still, I mean, it can still be difficult sometimes. Or if you don't feel you can get your idea across to the other person, you know, yeah. you, in your head it's working, but, you know, Christian or Daniel wouldn't understand what I was saying. You know, that would obviously be really, uh, really frustrating. But at the same time, you know, I think when you're, a, you know, a, a group of people or two people or whatever, like you also have to see it as a, a team effort. You know, all these ideas are generated because you're working together. You know, it's not just like, oh, I came up with this part or you came up with this part. It is, you have to, you know, uh, believe that it is like a, a team effort. So... I wouldn't, if you go into it still being, oh, I didn't get my idea, da, 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 you know, it, 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 that's, that, I can see how that can, can definitely be a problem. I would suggest you find someone that you trust and that you do feel like you're on the same page with. And if not, you know, the only way to actually figure it out is also just to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and, and, and even now, you know, sometimes there are also, times where you know we disagree about things or if I, I have seen a joke play out a different way than Christian or Daniel but you know you just can't at that point you can't just like close down you know you have to then look at it objectively what would the best thing be for the show you know and the good thing here is that we're three so <laughs> There's always like the you know majority rules kind of nice yeah 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 because sometimes you have an idea in your head and yeah like you said like sometimes I would have an idea like oh this this I'm pretty sure this could work you know this is super funny because I have this reference from this weird show I saw the other day or this thing I read when I was a kid or but then. To everybody else, it can be super bizarre or or just strange or not funny because you don't have that reference or whatever. So yeah, so so it's good to have somebody who can be like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense for anybody else, and you know, and but obviously they still want to listen and stuff. But it's it's um yeah. So normally when it's even Daniel and I, it's always like if two people like it, then you know, then it's like yeah, we usually go with it unless somebody feels really strong against it or whatever you know but uh, and it's also yeah about getting yeah respecting each other yeah putting your egos aside and putting the project first yeah that's a really good i think that's yeah that's a really great answer i think like kind of like talking about communication and like how you and like how sometimes it can be hard to describe your idea like that's something that i've realized pitching it's like sometimes like everything makes sense in my head and like the person that's in front of me is like I don't know what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) we have a question from ink underscore kg from instagram what was your favorite project you have worked on in example like written animated and storyboard I mean uh, for me it's obviously uh, Ivan (laughs) 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 Doe you know but but aside from that, I think uh, I think Gumball was the show that I evolved the most as both like a person but also as an artist. Like I just yeah. and uh, so many good friends, so many good memories. Like uh, so, so I would definitely definitely say if I can't choose, I don't uh, know, I'll, I'll say Gumball. <laughs> 
How about you, Christian? <laughs> yeah, I also think, yeah, also I think Gumball had learned, it taught us so much and, and it was so inspiring, but uh, yeah, yeah, like, like you know, you said, but I was thinking, yeah, I don't know, there's a few like, oh, after that, I, after Gumball, before we did Iron though, I was in, because I was only on Gumball one season. After that, I was on a short film in Nexus Studio in London with um, the director FX Gobi who directed um, To Build a Fire, which was like a 2D short film. And that was the first time I had tried to go from being an animator to becoming a supervisor before becoming a director. So that was also a really big kind of step for me and a very, very, very good experience also to learn from FX to, to work with him and see how he directs and how to be a good director and, and also learning how to how to actually supervise people and how to, you know, I think that that was a really really important project for me as well and uh yeah and, and we did this short film together with tumblehead studios in in, in denmark we did this uh, rub and run just like silly 3d short like a little western film that was very very silly uh and this really cool 3d style that tumblehead has i think that also was very very inspiring in short we, we did some yeah you know, because yeah, how to have fun with animation medium with without any money, you know. Mm. But I think that it's probably the three, those two in Gumball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I, I like that you're also bringing up like somewhere where you had directing experience prior to run show running on Ivan Doe. Cause I do think it's important to have like leadership experience just to kind of like talk to people because it's like so different right like when you're yeah. a boss and when you're yeah when you're like you're with your peers yeah i think my dad at some point because my dad he's he's a businessman you know he's been in a lot of companies and, and you know when and when you are in the real world outside of the animation world it's like it was so weird to him that you know we go from being animators and then maybe supervisors and then to being directors where you have to lead people and actually be mm. like leader position but you have never been taught how to do that you've never learned yep. it mm -hmm. and in in most in in the real world or in the in the non-animation world a lot of people they take like all these leadership courses or workshop or educations you know mm -hmm. and nobody does that in animation you know it, it's very strange actually it's just so i think it's also very tricky if you go from never having done that before to suddenly have to lead people, you know, that, that can be very, very, you know, it can go really well sometimes, but you can also go really bad, like really, sometimes it doesn't go very well and and, and, and it can be very uncomfortable and, and intimidating. And, and uh, so I think it definitely helped to, to first try to, yeah, I still remember the first time I had to give anybody feedback. I was almost more nervous than them, you know, because it's like, it, <laughs> I think it's it's good to learn maybe to be a lead first, then maybe a supervisor, then something you know, mm -hmm. to work your way up. And it, sometimes it, it's actually healthy to to prepare yourself like how to actually give feedback and how to actually deal with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had a question from Japar Karart. What's the hardest thing when trying to come up with a new and original character when there's so much competition in comics, cartoons, and games? What? Sorry. Oh, sorry like, 
what is the hardest thing for you guys when you're trying to come up with a new original character? I think they're trying to, I think the question is like, I think it's like, there's so much content out there kind of like, yeah. how do you maybe like, how do you kind of come up with a, a new original character? I think normally when we, because on Islander, we came up with a lot of characters because like, was it like they need, <clears throat> they almost meet a new character in every episode. I mean, reuse but not every time so not very often so we did a lot of characters and i mean we would normally start with the personality first to write the character first like what is the personality mm. because some artists they start with the design they explore the drawing and then the personality comes from the drawing but we would do it the other way around so mm -hmm. but also because we have ivando already we would try to come up with a story maybe and then a character that would fit that story and then how would it has to be a character who has an interesting dynamic with Ivandoe. It has to be somebody also because our goal is to make all our characters kind of stupid and kind of annoying. You know, they have to be they have to be ridiculous and silly, all of them, and, and they have to all be like an obstacle for Ivandoe. They have to be a problem, you know, most of them. So so they all have to have some, create some kind of complication for Ivandoe with their strange personalities or, or weird agendas or whatever so we would always make something that would fit him and 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 how they could be a problem and and try uh, trying to make them ridiculous and yeah, i don't know but it is tricky you know then sometimes it would be a character oh inspired by this other character we saw in the film mm -hmm. or inspired by this other character from a book or from a comic or whatever but then obviously you can't do like Oh, we want to do a, I don't know, Jack Sparrow. You know, it, it obviously has to be like <laughs> you obviously can't like copy paste. So it's like I think then we would try to mix it. You know, what if it was this character from that TV show, but mixed with that weirdo we saw in the Metro today, or mixed with uh, that person you went to school with, or mixed with how we were as kids, or or that person meets that person. What if they were combined? That would be a weird new new breed you know yeah. but so i mean it is very tricky but we try to like draw on some mixed references so it doesn't become a copy of somebody else yeah i mean but also like in a way we a lot of the things we're working with is also because it's like a fairy tale universe or like a fantasy universe you know it, it does have a lot of um cliches and that gives or not cliches but you know stereotypes mm -hmm. um and that you know if you can put a spin on some of that you know like a parody or... yeah mm. then you can then then you might have something but it's also like it's not you know yeah i, I mean we also struggle with yeah, it. yeah. it's not easy it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's not. It's not easy, and I, I think that's why the question was kind of like phrased in terms yeah. of like what's what's the hardest thing because it is, it is hard to find like characters that are gonna be likable and fun and like you said, like create conflict and and highlight your main character, right? Yeah, yeah. And so one funny mo like I remember because we wrote Ivan though, and in our head he was you know he was we knew what he was supposed to be. Um, but we hadn't found the actor yet, uh, and so we went into all these auditions, and we saw all these amazing, amazing actors. Everyone like you know, 
giving it that best. Um, and it's very weird, like the moment that uh, Rasmus Hardegger came on and he opened his mouth. He's the voice of Ivan. He's the voice of, he, yeah, I was just like, okay, that's, uh, you know, that's Ivan, though, you know, suddenly it wasn't just like words on a paper, it was a character, it was the character, you know, it, it and it was like a really, really, really special moment because it sort of now, you know, before I didn't have, you know, I had a voice in my head, but I didn't really have a real voice in my head. Now, in the way that he's saying the words, the way that he's shaping the synthesis, you know, it's not just our work, you know, it's his work as well. Uh, and and that's also the thing with these characters that it's not just you know it's not one mastermind comes up with this amazing idea it's like you know it goes through a lot of hands and a lot of people contribute to making like a character uh, memorable you know the 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 borders would do things that wasn't in the scripts the animators would do things with him that wasn't in the board or yeah. uh, voice actors would do a lot of um, what's it called? Adlib? Improvisation. Yeah. You know, uh, all these things like sort of start to to make a character. You know, so it's not just you know you have one thing when you start, but it's not a done thing. It's that it's a lot of things yeah. that end up actually creating your your character. You know. Yeah. So you also figure it out as you go along. Also, sometimes when you write the script, you have a vague idea, and then. The more you write it, or like you said, the more you board it or whatever, the more you like, ah, this is the this is the voice, this is the personality, this is yeah, something you couldn't come up with, but it, it just evolves by itself when you actually sit with it. And, and yeah. I love that you're bringing that up because I do feel like there is this evolution of the like the, the idea at the very beginning and it shapes itself through the pipeline and what you brought up with the ad lib from the actors is like so wonderful because sometimes yeah the actors come up with something during record and you're like that is so funny and now that's part of the personality yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> and we also you know i think also on the night we like even daily and i and we also try to like keep you know if, if like yeah like you said on the during the script, during the board, but also in the edit or with the voices, but also sometimes the character design could always be like, oh, actually that version of the design or like, because the designers would do different suggestions, different passes, and that one looks really ridiculous. Oh, that one has a weird foot, you know, maybe that could be part of the personality, or, you know, it, mm. it, all the stages can kind of contribute or contribute to the personality if you keep like being like, book uh, minor or, or like come out, coming yeah keep evolving it a bit you know then then all the stages can actually uh, help and i think that's also why we actually <clears throat> know ivan though so much better now than we did uh, <clears throat> when we wrote the first episodes of course like he evolved so much during the season so so now he's much more of a character than he was when we <clears throat> when we began the first episode Mm -hmm. that's really cool from youtube we had mo pk40 <laughs> asking when the show will finally air in the u.s and we just talked about it before uh november is that right on max yeah 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 nice. and on cartoon network the normal channel oh max and cartoon network cool yeah, so yeah. 
That's awesome. Like, yeah, check out, check out both of the platforms. If you, if you're streaming, you'll be on Macs. And if you're have cable, you'll be on Crush Network. Yeah. And then I guess I'll just kind of wrap up the show by asking you guys the question. <laughs> that is the title of the show. Do you ever experience creative block? And if you do, how do you kind of get over it? Like, what are, what are your steps? For writing, uh, because I feel like that's where we, I mean, writing and sometimes fold and edit probably, but in writing, you know, it. I think it, you have to sort of accept it as part of the the process. I remember the days where we would just sit and stare into the, you know, I just lay on a couch and look up at the ceiling and nothing would come out and we just could not figure out what, you know, the ending of the story should be or, or the uh, beginning or, the beginning, or just <laughs> any what what the story should be, you know. And you know, you have to still, you know, basically show up. You have to try, but it's also like it you have to also accept that maybe some days it is just like, okay, it's just it's literally just a blank page. And then sometimes you sleep on it and then the next day you actually, you know, that's actually juice again. Uh, there's actually something to write and and that has happened a couple of times where it's like we don't know what to do we don't know what to do we don't know what to do and then suddenly someone says like one sentence or one line and it sparks one like one you know it can yeah whoever yeah the others and then uh, you know it's half a day and you have a first draft of a of a script almost you know it's a it can it can be quite it's, it's very weird, but at one point it was also like, yeah, I kind of have to trust the process. Um, I think we also get better at forcing it. I think because it, I guess it's it's a little bit like when you're an animator, I think like you, I guess like some people who are not animators think that, oh, you sit and you wait for inspiration and you just sit there and wait until, mm -hmm. I mean, and you have a storyboard, but you still want to, animated in an original way how would they act here and you just sit there like a, an art like some people think when you're an artist you just sit there and wait for inspiration to come but you can't do that when you're in a production you have to deliver you know all the time yeah so you, there's no time for all that so i think it's the, you know the same then you're like okay you, you try something out you, you you force it in a way and i think we also learned to do that i think it was tougher in the beginning when we started with the pilot and the shorts it would be a lot more like, oh, what are we going to do? Just sit and think, but, you know, and just, oh, and it wouldn't be that good. But then we had each other to, to bounce ideas. But I think now when we have written so much and, 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 and done so many episodes, I think it's easier to force it now. If I'm, if I have a blog, I can like, okay, you can like check out some, like go on YouTube, find like movie scenes to check out for inspiration or like sit down and think about all the books you've read or like, go back and think about your favorite comic as a kid or the, like we got this really good tip. I remember in, in ASF when we were there, like about this uh, story artist who would sit down every day and spend, I don't know, an hour or whatever to write 50 childhood memories that could be a cool scene or something touching or something I don't know, scary or sad or silly or ridiculous or whatever. So sometimes we also, it's also like, well, you can also sit and think about if you have to come up with a character, some kind of weirdo you went to school with or mm -hmm. some kind of 
weird situation you had or something amazing or something bad or something that happened in the bus or in the i don't know you know so you can okay if, if, uh, look at youtube find some inspiration now that i think about all the books now that think about the comics okay i think about my childhood i think about the stuff you you, know, you can go through all these like check 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 and then or watch some of the like the references for the show watch some of that stuff again and then suddenly you can kind of force some inspiration out of it i think sometimes mm. because if you if you have your go-to things you know to like but it is uh, it's still tricky yeah i i i like that I, I like i like that what you brought up like kind of looking at other things for inspiration and there and it's true that there's so much inspiration like right at the reach of your fingertips now with the internet like yeah there's so <laughs> i feel like now we have access to like so much like human experience out there that like yeah. like 20 years ago it would be really really hard to find because you know you just go on reddit and look at so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but it's also i also think like because we learned so much from Daniel Leonard and, and also because we, the good thing also is that because we grew up in Denmark, so we have a lot of Danish references, but Danish stuff we saw on TV and books we have read and stuff like that. And our experiences, he has, uh, he's, he's British, so he has like British TV shows. He's watched British stuff from his childhood and his experiences. And that can also inspire to, to get some thing that, you know, from other places you haven't thought about, you know, because like even I grew up with the same kind of stuff because we're both from Denmark, but but it's also fun to hear about all these British TV shows that Daniel has introduced us for or two that we never heard about before and that are only big in the UK, maybe or definitely not in Denmark. And and also if you if you try to research like one of our teachers once said like, oh, if you like that movie, then figure out what inspired that story like go go a step backwards and and then figure out what inspired that guy or that woman you know like what what was their inspiration so you keep taking the step backwards because suddenly you find like the so everybody don't just get inspired by oh star wars or lord of the rings or uh spider-man or you know but if you if you go back to the source more or like to to somewhere else you know then then you get uh different things so it's all not just i don't know star wars references or whatever like yeah <laughs> if you go back a bit more or dive more into the some more bizarre less like more unknown stuff then then you can also find some funny things so it all doesn't become the same like references. yeah they seem like rehash yeah i think that's yeah i guess that is true. Like it can be easy to just kind of see, and also because like um, when you're talking about something like Star Wars or like Marvel or whatever, that's already been processed through somebody's mind. So you already have kind yeah. of like a like a product that's been kind of filtered through somebody's lens. Whereas if you go from the source, that that's kind of like the unfiltered material, and then you yeah. can filter that through your lens. Yeah, it's really interesting. That was so cool. Like you guys, like that was such a cool episode because we went through so much into so much detail and I love to talk shop. So, and I'm really excited to that, to hear your point of view from working in Europe because I 
we we don't get to hear that side a lot and so i really want to like thank you guys for making the time and like you know being so uh gracious with all the details that you went into for this episode uh, thanks for having us yeah, thank you too. <laughs> and also for the time difference because it's pretty late out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah <a bit> late. <laughs> is there anything that you guys would want to plug or or talk about like sorry i think i could hear it awesome oh okay <laughs> And with that, that's the end of this creative block. Um, Eva and Christian, thank you so much for being our guests and sharing your story. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on social media at CRTV Block, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor, Clemens, for editing the podcast and Marco for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, you can support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews and access to our Discord community. But you can also support us by just sharing, commenting, and liking this video. Click the link in the description of this episode if you want to check out the Patreon. I've been your host, V. Keeping creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye!